It's your boy Trav from Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks, and we have a very special sponsor this week. Professional wrestler, motivational speaker, workout enthusiast, and a soldier to these here United States, Dewan O'Neill has released his very first book, Dear Dominic, which is an open letter to his son to provide a roadmap to life, paired with advice to navigate obstacles to thrive as a minority male in the United States. You can order your copy today on Amazon by searching up Dear Dominic. Hey, what's up, everybody? You are listening to a brand new episode of Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks with me, your hero, Benjamin Banks, and my co-host, Rebellious D and Trav. How you fellas doing today? Chilling, chilling, chilling. Oh, yeah, we, we hanging. What's up? It's A. It's always a good day to hang. Uh, or no, I, I shouldn't say to the left, to the left. a little to the left, a good baby. Day to hang, especially when I'm about to roll in and talk about what we're doing this month because uh, that uh, it just doesn't roll right. Wait, what? What Whoa. is that? Oh, okay, I get where we're going with this. Uh, yeah, like I, like I had to catch myself, it almost went over my head, bro. <laughs> hey, I, hey, I'm glad, I'm Yikes. glad it didn't go over your head, but so let's rewind real quick. So on this new episode of leveling up with benjamin banks for the first episode of february we are covering black history month and what we're doing we're having black guests come onto the podcast and pretty much just talk about themselves and talk about their accomplishments that they have accomplished and uh i think it's a good idea uh everybody on the team likes it and on today's episode we're having one of my good friends professional wrestler dewan o'neill who I have been in the ring with numerous times. He's a really good guy. And uh, yeah, I think he's a good guest to have on as our first episode for this month. Nah, yeah, absolutely, bro. And I mean, we got a hell of a month lined up as far as creative minds go. Oh, yes. yes we do. Yes, sir. So are you guys ready to go ahead and give him a call and get into this episode? Hey, we born Oh, ready, yeah, let's baby. rock and roll. You know what time it is. We'll follow your lead. Yeah, just follow my lead. Let's hop in the car and let's go. Golden Eat Tattoo. You can find them at 3109 Airline Boulevard, Portsmouth, Virginia for all your nerd-related tattoos. Leading the area, that is Miss Denise and her team. If you call over there and you mention leveling up banks, you get 10% off your tattoo. That number is going to be 757-465-1010. Call them today. Hey, he got his son with him. What's good, bro? Oh, man, you know, chilling. He, Dominic said he wanted to say some stuff today. He got some stuff he wanted to get off his chest. I feel that. <laughs> I feel <laughs> that. That's what's up, man. That's what's up, man. We're glad that uh, you're joining us on today's episode of Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks. We appreciate having you up here. Oh, thank you guys for the opportunity, man. Uh, this is a huge. First off, shame on you, Banks. Uh, we, we've known each other for a long time. Like, a, the majority of my highlight reel is me kicking your ass. And, oh, and this is the first time. <laughs> you can see that. Hey, and this is the hey first I wanted time. to make sure I wanted to make sure that I had that up there. So that way it gave the guys something to look at, seeing somebody else kick my ass. Now I forgot to tell you too, but uh please keep to uh the swearing to a minimum because we are a PG podcast. Oh, but of course, but of course. I, I didn't know we were on air yet. I thought we were doing like sound checks and stuff like that. I, I greatly apologize. Yeah, okay. oh, man, we roll right into it, bro. We're good, oh, we, we're, we, good, we're good. We stay ready. Again, thank you guys for having me up here, man. Uh, it, it means a lot, um, and I'm, I'm happy to to come on and be a guest on on a platform that you've built, and you guys have done like extremely well. Like I, even before 
you know, getting on the show. I've been a fan. So um, it's, it's a huge honor to like be a part of this. Hey, we appreciate that, man. Thanks. Uh, thanks for the kind words. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> oh, not so, just words, man. Just they're there. I mean, they're, they're actions. You guys put in like a lot of good work and you guys have a good time um, every time you record. And, and like, even when I hear clips, I'm like, Hey, I got to go check this episode out. So like you guys definitely, the chemistry is definitely there and it's, it's enjoyable. So happy to be here. Thank you. Hey, bro. We try to always keep it 100 up here. Yeah, okay. This No, we do keep it 100. I keep it 100. These guys, it's like they're always speaking blasphemy. Oh. And, uh, you know, I have to deal with them every week. You know, luckily, luckily, it's only like once a week for the most part. Whenever we record episodes, and I'm oh, just we get together like thing. five times a week. Yeah, man, what's he talking about? You hear this guy? <laughs> nah, Listen, I'm like, already wait, lying. Wait, 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 I'm wait, not wait, lying wait. about anything. No, 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 hold on, Rondell. Hold on, hold on. Oh, <laughs> he is, hold on, Rondell. <laughs> hold on, hold on. We we see we see the social media post. We see uh, Thank you. who 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 you're hanging out with and who you're not um, mm-hmm. on and off recording days. We we see it. So. Uh, yeah, that, that's not gonna fly. I, I was born at night, but not last night, as the old adage goes. That's right. That's right. That's what this guy does, though, man. I plead. Yeah. I plead the fifth. Yeah, we know. You're already sitting over there looking like a villain. The lights <laughs> off. <laughs> hey, where's the evil cat? Uh, I got him locked up in the cage right yeah, now. I believe I don't that. Running around and screaming and hissing and coughing up uh, fur balls and all that other good stuff. So, Dewan, again, thank you for joining us. Uh, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about your wrestling career, your book that you just had come out, and we're going to also talk about some of our favorite African-American wrestlers in wrestling history, since it is Black History Month. So, before we get into the wrestling aspect of your career, tell everybody your origin story. Who is Dewan O'Neill? Um, Dewan O'Neill is a, is a punk kid from Boston that had uh, absolutely hey. no... Had no absolutely no discipline whatsoever. Um, did the college thing, was kicked out of college for smoking weed. When I kicked out of college, they, they took my scholarship basically, which uh, effectively kicked me out of college and um, joined the military to, to finish college and pay off debts. Um, had a lot of fun, seen a lot of countries. Ended up in Virginia where I met uh, you, Mr. Banks, and began uh, pro wrestling. Um, I was trained, air quotes, um, at a place here in. Uh, Norfolk in the Virginia Beach area, um, and then you know hit hit the road and uh, yeah hit the road to to and found out that I knew absolutely nothing. Um, I, I still know absolutely nothing, um, and you know, but I, I've started started to build a, you know a brand for myself, man, and uh, get getting the name out there and becoming more confident as the years pass and like my skill and my know how and my network improves. Um, so that, yeah, that's me, man. Uh, poet, motivational speaker, brand new life coach, pro wrestler, military serviceman. I try, I try and do it all like you, Banks, you know? Yeah, I don't do it all. I mean, like what you do, you do a lot. I do some, but you do a lot, bro. And I'm proud of how far that you've come in your career and everywhere that you've gone and the places that you've been. Cause I did see you when you first started in the business, when you were at the eight. And I remember uh, my tag partner, Griff, had told me about you. And the first story that he told me, because in in the wrestling business, most of the time you're going to always start off as a security guard or something. And I remember Griff told me that you were, you and uh, Chad Still Magnolia, y'all were security guards. And mm-hmm. Griff was just like, <laughs> Griff was like, man, they got these new guys over at the H. 
and they supposed to be holding me back and like, like they won't do nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he was just like, and these are some wait, big wait, guys. I... These are some big guys. And it's like, they weren't holding me back at all. Like I was just able to, uh, you know, get around them and everything. And I was just like, well, Griff, I mean, you are a scary guy. So, <laughs> I mean, maybe, maybe they didn't want to get hit. Maybe they didn't want to get hit with the cutter or anything. Who knows? Let, let, let me give you uh, the backstory behind why that happened. Okay. Oh, here we go. Yes. So it was, uh, I remember it, it was a uh, 2016. I think it was, um, I had, I had legit only been training like two weeks. Right. And the show was coming up and, uh, yeah, Griff, yeah, Griff was there and he was, he was feuding with, um, the commentator, uh, Mr. J. Yeah. Like in, inside of the, and you know, they had the whole like black Russian gimmick going on over there. And, um, Griff and I think it was a Safi were tag teaming at that time, I think. Um, and something happened in the ring where like um one of the owners at HCW actually had some like legit like beef with Griff about oh, some, something that happened in the locker room. I believe or, that. Yeah, <laughs> something like but it was like legit heat to the point where like um you know, he's pulling us all to the side and being like, hey, man, you know, if stuff gets out of hand and we need to know that y'all going to ride. And I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> like, wait a minute. I, I, I'm a, <laughs> like, wait a minute. I'm, I'm a street kid from Boston. When we say ride, I, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that you don't mean that. There's, there's no way that you mean that. And but he, he like, did mean that. <laughs> no, he absolutely did. He absolutely, yeah, he <laughs> absolutely 100% did. And uh, so the the main event that night was uh was Griffin Asafi against you know the, the Black Russians and like it was a street fight and you know went off without a hitch. The main event was all fire, right? And at this time, um, if you remember Banks, I'm not sure if you like if, if, if Travis or you guys remember that eight, at the time the H had uh, the ring, but the fans only sat on yeah, one side, yeah, yeah, yeah. and right. one side of the ring was against the wall and somebody hit somebody hit griff with uh the lid of a the trash can oh right and God. at this point like the the shot was like too hard right it was it was like yeah, yeah, yeah. i'm not i'm not pulling this i'm you, you, you're eating all this so um so you know it, it ensued like a fight it all broke down or whatever and at this point like everything's like still going good it's a street fight this is what it's supposed to look like all right cool we're we're good and the fight broke up and they came out and they're like, hey, get in the ring and separate this. So we jump in the ring and um, the the owner that had beef with Griff like ripped his vest. Mm, I knew that that pissed him off. So listen, so at this point, you know, it's a street fight or whatever. And but I, anybody that knows Griff knows he's serious about his gear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. He gets right. mad he, when I put it. He, he takes oh, he's serious about everything. It. <laughs> yeah, he, he takes the time he handcrafts it. You know what I mean, and he he puts a lot of time into it because, as as any wrestler should. So yeah. when it got ripped, and I was like, "That uh, well," and he was like, he, he dropped a couple f bombs, right? And at this point, you know, you know, they they're fighting. We bring him back, and he's like, "Nah, nah, let me go, let me go." And again, I'm two weeks training, right? At this time, I don't know the difference between. You know, I'm I'm gonna drop some insider terms here. Uh, a shoot and a work. I didn't know. <clears throat> excuse me. I didn't know the difference. So you know, Griff is all intense all the time. So I kind of yeah. like I kind of like let him have it to see, you know, to see where he was going. 
And um, turns out he was mad for real, inaccurate. Yeah. We got we got in the back of the locker room, man. He's you know, it was it almost continued, and I was like, hey man, the show the show's over there. And they had they had plywood walls separating the fans and the locker room at that time. Yeah, everybody could hear it. Everybody could hear it. So at the time, the the, the ring announcer was trying to wish the fans a good night. You're still blah 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 blah, and you blah, blah, blah. and I'm like, hey man, there's only plywood right here. What are y'all doing? And uh, so yeah, that that's why that happened because I listen, I. I'm not gonna step. You know, <laughs> I'm not, not one. I didn't know, and two, I'm not about stepping in between a man and his satisfaction. Okay, yeah, <laughs> that man handles business. <laughs> I get you on that. I know. Uh, you know, I want to say it was the second H show that I had went to, and the main event it was Griff versus uh, the Black Russian at Chaos, and. I remember me and my boy, we were sitting in the crowd watching it and like the match, it kind of ended funny and Griff was mad. And like, I, you know, I wasn't friends with him at this point. I didn't know who Griff was. I just knew Diamond Victor Griff, the wrestler. And it was like, I knew it was legit because he was holding the title and he was standing at the entrance and he slammed the title down on the ground like a child would slam a toy on the ground. And I was just like, oh, snap. I was just like, this is legit. <laughs> like, Griff, it's like, yo, I thought that they were about to come to blows, man. And I was just like, ah, so this is uh, this is the dark side of wrestling. <laughs> well, so so at that place, like a little, a little background on that, too, is where like one of the owners wanted to run it like old school 80s, you know, WCW, WWE, Saturday night, like, you know, studio audience. Um yeah. And was like very, very, very old school. And uh, to, to Griff's uh, credit, actually, he saw and where wrestling was headed. And, you know, he wanted to do like more edgy stuff. So instead of coming out, you know, in a, in a bomber jacket with a towel around your neck or what have you, like Griff yeah, was yeah, like, nah, man, I'm, I'm about to be, I'm, I'm, I'm Diamond Victor Griff. Like you, you're either going to let me be me or we're not going to be at all. And so they were at odds about that, that entire feud. And um, so when that was going on, like when, when they were in the ring with each other, I, I, I can't guarantee that people didn't get peppered. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, question for you. How did you get into wrestling? Were you always a wrestling fan and you just said, hey, I want to go ahead and start wrestling or like what was the story with that? Oh, it, yeah, I got into wrestling completely by accident. Right. So. As a kid, right, ever since like Bret Hart, Iron Man, sixty minute match, further than that. Back when Sean kicked Rashad, I was a fan. Cool to wear spandex to me. Um, uh-huh. And Shawn Michaels presented like this larger than life, this larger than life like persona, and so I was kind of like, all right, cool. So every Monday, man, um, I would do it, and for Christmas every year, I would get like wrestling action figures. I used to carry them around in this this red Lego suitcase. I don't know if y'all remember back in the day where like those used to come in a suitcase, especially if you got like a deluxe set, right? And yeah. uh, so I emptied all the Legos out. I don't even know where they went, actually. But I used to carry them. They were full of like wrestling action figure out, you know, hold them up. And I could never stand to see um, Shawn Michaels getting beat up. And then he was feuding with like Bret Hart, but Sid Vicious, um, Yokozuna, him and Vader had a couple like stints and it, it would like kill me, right? So fast forward a few years and, uh, you know, you got to grow up. You got to do some stuff. I mean, I still always watched. You know, um, and actually, the owner of the H was at a bar one night. I was here in I was I was in Virginia, and I was at a bar, and like I'm like four, five, six hundred drinks deep at that point, and <laughs> I walk by him, and he's like, "Hey, man, 
you ever thought about becoming a professional? So I sat and I looked at him and I had to decipher whether or not he was serious because he did, I mean, we're at a bar <laughs> and I'm assuming that everybody drinks as, at least as much as I do. Yeah. Um, so I look at him and I'm like, yeah, only every day of my life. And he was like, well, here, man, come out of school, you know, this, that, and the third. So I did. And then that story leads into like the first story that I told about how like two weeks later I'm, I'm staying in security and I'm supposed to be watching what's going on and everything like that. And uh, <laughs> I mean, I guess, I guess that turned out to be, you know, okay. 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 That's a good origin story, you know, to how you became a wrestler and got into it. I think for me, um, I had went to Buffalo Wild Wings and it was, oh, bro, we SP- ain't ask you. it was, a, it was <laughs> an SPW. No, but, I'm just I'm just saying because like it's a similar story to where it's like you know you're out somewhere you're out at a bar or something and then it's like the owner of the promotion is just like hey do you want to be a wrestler and just like oh yeah I mean like are you serious like is this is this a legit question and I was just like yeah I want to be a wrestler and yeah I mean it's it's just like Dewan said it's like you kind of just get you kind of just get thrust in there and then you're a security guard I remember like when I was doing security one at one of the shows. I had came in right in my Renaissance outfit. And, <laughs> <laughs> and it was it was funny because people somebody was asking me, like, it was just like, what are what are you uh picking up something from the ring or something? Like, what's going on? I didn't know that Renaissance rented out wrestling rings. I was just like, nah, nah, I'm just uh doing security. Wait, wait, uh, Renaissance has wrestling ring? They might, depending on what state you're in. Wow. Okay. They might the more the more you know. The more That's you right. know. <laughs> Hey, D, you got a question? Uh, well, you mentioned one of my favorite wrestlers, Dewan. I'm going to jump around a little bit. Shawn Michaels, was he your favorite growing up? So Shawn, Shawn Michaels, like, uh, had probably, like, again, like, he just made people care. Like, I mean, this is me looking back in hindsight before. You know, I, I never knew right. what drew me to him. And, and, again, this was during, like, steroids golden era, right? Like, he had Vader in there. Yokozuna was in there. I think Lex Express was trucking around that time. Uh, it, it, all his feuds were with people bigger than him. It, it was never like the, the 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 guys that were brought in for enhancement talent was about his size, and everything else was like you know yeah. six ten, six eleven, you know three hundred pound dude. So I mean, but again, looking back, man, his timing was impeccable, and the way he mm-hmm. sold stuff made you believe like this guy could probably kill this guy. He's probably gonna do it, and you know, and he has probably the best time in in wrestling for sure. If, if you ask me so like Shawn Michaels in my opinion he's the goat uh, yeah no I agree a thousand percent he's definitely the goat for me oh yeah Shawn Michaels is one of those guys man he gets you hype when you see him uh, yes even when he yeah. came back from that back injury <laughs> oh for sure but, I mean you would really think he was in pain bro you yeah. know what I mean when he was in his matches the way yeah. he would crawl around the ring and like be in agony and it's like, man, this guy's giving me everything he's got right now. It had me believing it. The, the only thing that I didn't like about Shawn Michaels when he came back from the back injury was those doo-doo brown tights that he was wearing. Hey, I was hey, not, man. I was, Things I was, was not fire. a fan of the doo-doo brown tights. No, no, no. And it's it's crazy because it's like whenever me and Griff have the conversation about Shawn Michaels, it's like we always bring up the same thing. We were both not fans of the doo-doo brown trunk uh, tights that he had. Sorry. Well, Griff ain't a fan of nothing, so that's not going to count. <laughs> so, Dewan, um, I want to piggyback off of what D had asked you, and I wanted to ask you, was Shawn Michaels, was he one of the people who inspired you to step into the ring? Was he one of those people? And if not, who were some of the wrestlers who inspired you to want to get into the ring? 
um, to actually want to get in? Uh, no, actually. Um, I looked at people like Ron Simmons. Um, yeah, both as Farouk and as Ron Simmons, because at the time, you know, WCW had his thing. Um, I looked at uh, Papa Sean. Go. I, I mean, I really looked at people like that look like right. me, right? And, and later on, eventually, The Rock. Um, because for so long, you saw, you know, and this is not a complaint, but you just saw like, you know, white people getting mm-hmm. in there and say, like, oh man, they must have a, they must have a higher tolerance <laughs> pain or something <laughs> like, you know what I mean? You, you, like you didn't know. Um, it was kind of like Obama becoming president, you know, and he's kind of like, oh wait, <laughs> I, I can't, I can do mm-hmm. this. Like, you know what I mean? I, I, I can go and, and I can do this. And then um, if there were like African-American people on there, you saw them like getting jobbed out, right? Like the squash, yeah. you know, they didn't have a good program or a good feud. And this is like me remembering, I remember, uh, Ron Simmons and Sting prior to him being Farouk in, in the, in the E Ron Simmons and Sting. Um, but first it was like Ron Simmons and Luger. And at the time, you know, you, you're not, I wasn't a student of the game when that was happening. So I didn't realize, Hey, this is the first black, like heavyweight mm-hmm. champion or what have you. I just looked out, man, you, you, you butthole, man. You you hurt you hurt Sting, and this is Surfer Sting. Yeah, Surfer Sting, right? Surfer that's, sand. that's important. Like Surfer um, Sandman. Yeah, this this is Surfer Surfer Sting was the man. The Crow Sting, yeah, he's still the man, but yeah, not so much. Um, and so you you saw that kind of stuff, and then to WWE, you see, you know, uh, I think it was Papa Sean going a few with Ultimate Warrior. Who else was around at that time? Uh, Coco Beware uh, was Kamala around. Kamala was around uh, for a little bit. Um, it, Coco really, Beware was there really around. really weren't a lot of black wrestlers um, in that. And then and you start to, you know, dig around. Oh. Hmm. Yeah. And you finally like, oh, wait, I, I can do this. You know what I mean? Because at the time, like three channels, right? So I was only able to catch like WCW Saturdays, right? Because right. the E didn't have that much TV at the time. And uh, so I, I could catch WCW on Saturdays, right when Tony Schiavone would rip our hearts out every week <laughs> and say, hey, we'll be back next week. But they they never, you guys ever notice that? Where like, they would be like, uh, it would be like the, the the horseman versus like LOD and like a feud, right? And the horseman would be cheating. And then they'd be like, LOD is coming down the ramp. They're coming. They look like they mean business. We're oh my time. God, folks, we're out of time. And it, they never... They, yeah. they never revisited what happened. You know what I mean. So you watch the next week, and you're just like, what about, I used to hate that. You know, and they never, they never did it. Like, bro, uh, I remember, like you were saying, it's like the show would be coming to an end, and it would be like, go to wcw.com or go to wwf.com. Yeah, yeah, the so hotline. Way, yeah, <laughs> so that way you can continue seeing what's going on. I remember there was one of the episodes of WCW where Sting, he was coming to the ring on a on a zip line. <laughs> And the show just ended. It's like, <laughs> it's, it's like we don't know, like we don't know what happened. And like you said, next week they they never showed footage of like what happened after the show went off the air. So for all we know, it's like Sting could still be on that zip line, which we know. I mean, which we know he's not. But as a kid, it's just like, well, what happened? Like, was he on the zip line, and then like he just got stuck there or what? So um, yeah, I'm I'm happy that with wrestling now that when you're watching it you get the finished product when the show comes to an end. And, and I, I, also- I, I kind of missed that, though. That to be, to be continued, kind of? Not, not so much as to, like, let's not revisit it or anything, but I like that 
Remember when WWE would go off the air when like the ring was full of people? So we're yeah. out of time. We'll see you next week. JR is going crazy. Yeah. I missed that. <laughs> yeah, like it would just be mayhem. Listen, I, I take the opposite approach for that, actually. I, I feel like it's too much of that. So you turn on to like WWE now and it, everything's a recap of what happened. Yeah, last yeah, week. yeah. So they give you, they say, they say, hey, we're gonna give you three hours of programming, but like if you do the math, about 45 minutes to an hour of that is actually showing video packages from, you know, previous weeks. Not even just like that, live. previous ad, the previous hour. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> They'd be like, just what happened earlier tonight? They'll show it four times. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're just like, what the, what the hell? Like, So, like, they, they it's a trick, man. Like, this is... I think it's a conspiracy, actually. Like beforehand, they were they were only showing they were only showing what happened after the show went off to like rich people with internet. Yeah, and now, exactly. You had mm-hmm. to have it. And now that everybody can buy in, they're giving you less yep. show. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. You had to have that America Online ninety day free trial and that order AOL to, minutes, the AOL minutes, and then you had to tie up the the landline and nobody could get through. So that mm-hmm. way you could see two minutes of what happened at the end of Raw or SmackDown or something like that. Um, I wanted to touch back on yeah. what you had said about, um, you know, seeing black wrestlers in the ring and seeing people that look like you, because I was the same way. It's like, you know, I'm black. When I saw black wrestlers in the ring, you know, I was of course going to be fans of them. And I remember when I first started in the wrestling business, whenever somebody would ask me like, who were some of my favorite wrestlers, I would say the rock, D'Lo Brown, Booker T, and it's like some of the guys at the training school, they'd be like, of course, of course, you would only like the black wrestlers. And I'm just like, no, I, you know, I, I like all the wrestlers. It's just that, you know, these are my favorite wrestlers. Like The Rock is one of the wrestlers who really made me get back into wrestling because after, you know, the Hulkster and Macho Man and all that stuff, I, I kind of stopped watching wrestling. So it was cool to see somebody black on the screen that was up there kicking ass and taking names. And then he was charismatic as hell. You know what I'm saying? So, um, you know, thank you, Rock, for being the person that you were. And I can't wait to see Young Rock when it comes out on NBC next month. Oh, I'm sorry, not next month, but this month. I forgot. Uh, I think it's February February 16th, I believe. Yeah, February 16th. Yep. On, on, uh, on Austin, 316 day. So, yeah. Oh, snap. <laughs> of course, it's coming out. The feud still continues. <laughs> um, so, Dewan, uh, because you had brought up some of the Black wrestlers, and because this is Black History Month, who are some of your favorite African American wrestlers in wrestling history, past and present? And yeah, past and present. Yeah, not future because we don't know. I mean, I think uh, I think you hit the, the nail right, like right on the head. Uh, Booker T. Uh, obviously, we I discussed Farouk earlier. Um, D'Lo for mm-hmm. sure. I could, so I, I could never understand why D'Lo had the. <laughs> I could, I can, I can never it. understand why. Yeah, he it was crazy. Yeah, no, for oh, for sure. And, and listen, for for the record, D'Lo Brown has one of the most slept-on entrance oh, songs. Oh, yeah. sure. You messing with the real deal? Man. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I used to, I used to love that song when it came yeah. on. Like I used to like watch D'Lo's entrance just for that mm-hmm. song. You know what I mean? Um, for sure. Uh, yeah, Farouk, for for sure. Um, The Rock, Booker T. Um. The Godfather, yeah, oh yeah, the persona. Godfather, yeah. I mean, for for obvious reasons, right? right? Like, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think who else, like from from that era, well, that I, I like. I know that I know um, he's not a wrestler, but we got to include Teddy Long, man. For, oh, for sure. Oh, okay, Rodney, Rodney Mack. Mack. Um, Rodney Mack, yeah. Hey, don't leave out my man. Hey, that was uh, another. 
Don't leave out my man's sexual chocolate now. Hey. Or I can read nah, Big man. man. I, 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 nah, man, I feel like he got played, man. He he went from <laughs> he went from like Mr. America to like uh, being the father to a hand to an old lady, man. I don't know what was going on. I, 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 I don't know what I that was either. <laughs> but that moment I, I, is iconic. You know what I mean? Like, you still talk about it. It was gross. It. it was gross. I, like, when I saw it as a kid, like, I was just like, what the hell's going on? But, yeah, what the hell's going on? That's a great way to but, put it. Man, his booking, his booking never let me get behind him, really. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah but what about I mean, later like, on? Not, and it's, Nah, still, because like now he he you know he spouts off stuff on Twitter. That I feel like he has no place to. Like, oh, I didn't know about any of that. Well, so you know when he came in, he was you know Mr. America, you know the world's strongest mm-hmm. man. It's like all right, cool. This is just like a black Lex Luger, yeah, pretty much. Right, yeah, yeah. so it kind of it kind of was like all right, cool, whatever. And then you know he he went away for a while. I think he got hurt or something. And he came back and he was like the Hall of Fame, I mean, the Hall of Pain guy. But then he was beating up like everybody that I liked. You know what I'm saying? He was picking on like Guerrero. Right, yeah. He was picking on uh, Benoit. He was picking on like, you know what I mean? The smaller people. So I was just like, well, put him in there against, you know, Big Show or, you know, that, that's what I wanted to see. So, and then the whole sexual chocolate phase. But at the time, like, uh, I'm trying to remember who, who had it. Like, I, I was looking at like Lita at the time. You know what I mean? She was, she was sagging her pants with a thong showing. Yeah. So like that was, that, that did sex for me. Like, you know what I'm saying? And then the whole May Young was it May yeah, Young? Young? Yeah, it was May Young. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this this is corny. Like, what are they what are they doing to this guy? Like, I understand that he he's getting a check for it, and you know he's probably being paid very handsomely. But his the way that he was booked on like all of his runs never allowed me to to like him. Like, I get what you mm-hmm. I get what you're saying on that. I I mean, well, you know, the reason why he was booked like that was because they had signed him to that contract where he was making a lot of money. And they were trying to get him to do stupid stuff so that he would eventually leave the company. But it's just like, you know, I'm getting paid nice. I'm going to keep on doing what they want me to do. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I have a lot of respect for Mark Henry. I'm glad that I had the opportunity to meet him when I went to WrestleMania. As a fan, um, I think it was WrestleMania 29 I went to. And I was able to just talk with him a little bit. I was still green as uh, what you see in a baby's diaper. And um, yeah, I mean, like he 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 dropped some knowledge on me, and I appreciate him for that, man. Um, Trav, some of your favorite black wrestlers. Um, man, I feel like everybody's hit everybody except for one in particular. MVP. No. Shelton Benjamin. No. Well, yeah, Shelton too. Ron Killens, bro. Ooh. Oh. Yeah. Good one. Good call. I mean, this dude, you know, goes to TNA. I'm well, NWA at the it was like nwa slash tna at the time um won their won their title then had a feud with mr perfect after that then left you know came back to wwe started doing the mr jimmy little jimmy little jimmy playboy come on now and uh yeah little jimmy's gonna get you. <laughs> dude i mean even still to this day anytime that he's on tv you know you're gonna get entertained yep he still got it in the ring and um, I mean, you know, when you can make Brock Lesnar laugh and then make Brock go backstage and be like, I want to work with that guy. I think that says something about you. No, I agree. Don't, but don't you wish that like WWE like treated him like more seriously for, for like the caliber of athlete that he is like uh, not that what he's doing is bad. Right. He's definitely like entertaining for sure. 
but like the caliber of athlete that he is like it, it and the amount of like knowledge right like he to me i want to see him have like a serious go yeah. at this time he's like what 107 times 24 7 yeah, yeah, yeah. Or something like that. but i mean we had he had a serious go as k quick you know with Road dog so it's like i've seen it in nwa i've seen it in wwf so i just i like what he he does what he does extremely extremely well and yeah agree you know, um, I, I can understand, though, from a black person's perspective of being like, you know, he ain't no joke. You know, you know what I mean? I, I could understand that, you know. <laughs> well, no, I, so I didn't mean it like that. I mean, like I said, I'm, I'm very entertaining right, right. on the screen. I, but I'm talking about from like a, a purely like athletic perspective. Yeah, I get, I get right? like, uh, um, I was going to touch on that. Remember, they were doing that with him back in, I want to say it was 2012 when he started doing the serious gimmick. But unfortunately, he got caught with drugs or something with Evan Bourne. And it's kind of like that gimmick just got put to a halt. And if you notice that when uh, somebody... Well, when you gets, say drugs, it was marijuana. It was marijuana. Yeah, marijuana. I, okay. I, I just don't All want right, it to that, be that's, like... That's, that's not a drug. He, okay, he didn't yeah. get caught with crack cocaine in his pocket. Yeah, the dude's okay, just hey, smoking hey, a little hey, bit of weed. Hey, thanks, thanks for putting it out there. Yeah, it was marijuana. And it's like, if you ever notice that anybody in WWE that is kind of getting a push... It's like they always get caught with marijuana because the same thing happened with Jack Swagger when he was yeah. getting that push. And like he like he was finally being pushed as somebody serious. And he but got Jack Swagger also not only did he have weed, he was drunk driving on drunk top driving of weed. too. Yeah. You know so. what I mean? Now we're talking about different stuff. Yeah. Yep. No good. That's never okay. No, ne never. <laughs> I mean, like, I, I feel like right now with what they're doing with truth. I mean, like, he's having a good time with it. And it's right. like, I mean, like, he could just keep on doing what he's doing. Like, I know he's in his 40s right now. Truth could probably be there until he's in his 50s and 60s because he doesn't he doesn't look like he's in his 40s. He looks like he's in his 30s. Right. And mm -hmm. that's another thing. Black don't crack. You know what I'm saying? Um, D, for you, favorite black wrestlers in, in uh, wrestling history. Um, I liked uh, Devon Dudley because I felt like he was part of one of the better uh, tag teams. Obviously, Farouk. I really liked him a lot. Um, and Booker T, probably. Mm -hmm. I mean, The Rock. I, I mean, The Rock is just one of those guys, though. I, I don't, I don't feel like The Rock gets looked as a black wrestler. I mean, I think they claim him, though. I think they try to. I feel like they don't claim him. The Rock definitely comes to the cookout. Yeah, exactly. I feel like they don't. The Rock definitely comes to the cookout. Yeah. Remember, when Kofi won the title, they everybody was like, we finally get a black champion. Rock's been champion seven times, and nobody was claiming that he was a well, black look, champion. But he was part of the nation, so as far as I'm concerned, he's in. Yeah, yeah, no, I get it. I'm he's just in. saying. I but think. I, mm, go ahead. I think. I think what it was is that Kofi was the first African American champion, whereas Rock was the first. Uh, what Samoan? Was the first, I was I like, you they, can say it. He's mixed. He's not yeah, pure black. Said, I think they yeah, said that he was. That. He, he's he was the first mixed champion. He's still. He's still counted as black, like Dewan said. He's still invited to the cookout. Yeah, he's um, coming. It's just, it's just one of those things where, you know, growing up, it's like we knew that The Rock was black, but it was like WWE. They never really pushed him as a, a black wrestler. They no. always pushed his his Samoan side. You know what I'm saying? So like that's mm -hmm. the reason why a lot of black fans don't really uh, count him as black, even though he is black. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, yeah, he he was the first black WWE champion. I mean, you gotta you gotta put respect on the rock for for doing that. It just sucks that it took from the rock all the way to Kofi Kingston for WWE to finally have 
a black WWE champion. And of course, you know, we had the world heavyweight championship there and right. that came from WCW and WCW, they did a really good job. Even, even though it wasn't a lot, when you look at it, Ron, Ron Simmons and Booker T were the only black heavyweight champions in WCW. But I mean, it's like how Dewan was saying earlier, it's like, you know, you really didn't have a lot of black wrestlers in WCW. And if you did, they were just jobbers. You know, they were never going to, mm-hmm. they were never going to reach the top of the mountain in WCW. Yeah, but I think uh, location had a lot to do with that, right? WCW being headquartered in Atlanta yeah. um, versus WC, uh, WWE or WWF at the time uh, being headquartered in uh, Connecticut, right? So like mindset, like had a lot to do with it, I'm sure. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you on that. Um, somebody, a couple of people that we didn't mention, um, I don't know if anybody said MVP. I think I said that to Trav, You did but, in the okay. thing, but yeah, yeah, put some respect on MVP, yeah. bro. MVP is a good one. Uh, Bobby Lashley. Uh, Viscera, even though, you know, a lot of people don't really like Viscera. I thought Viscera was very entertaining, especially mm-hmm. when he was doing the, um, not the sexual chocolate. The pajamas? The, uh, the, lady, the ladies' man. The, the world's largest love machine. I I, I enjoy that. Um, and then, I mean, like, even... Oh, even going to TNA, I mean, TNA, like, they were very diverse with, uh, you know, having a lot of diversity on their roster. Uh, but we not had in the champion Jay- spot, though, you know? Yeah, not in the champion spot, but we had Jay Lethal. We had uh, uh, Consequences Creed, who is Xavier Woods now. Um, Monty Brown? Monty Brown. Who, yeah, Monty Brown is another one. So it's like, you know, we had we had people in these companies, and I always thought that they did a really good job. It's just that, like you said, Trav, they were never in the top spots in the company and whatnot. Um, but yeah, so moving back, Dewan, another wrestling question for you. Um, what are some of your favorite moments that you have had in your career so far? Um, winning championships. No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, dude, there's a, there's a lot. Uh, my, all my favorite moments, though, always come from like me learning something. Yeah. Right. So uh, the ROH seminar uh, taught me about like working cameras or uh, anytime I can get in the ring with somebody better than me, like such as yourself. Um, I'll never I will never I will (laughs) never admit this again. (laughs) But um, I actually learned a lot from you like uh, in in our I think we've been in the ring like two or three times. Um, But um, I always get like one of my biggest critiques is that like I fly around the ring like a cruiserweight. Right. And people tell me, hey, work your size, work your size. And I'm just like, hey, all right, cool. What does that mean? Right. But like watching somebody like you, right, can like I I learn um, different like techniques for like controlling the crowd or stuff like that. So like I'm 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 ever learning. So my favorite moments don't necessarily come from like matches or moments, but like from from learning, like when I wrestle C-Dub. C.W. Anderson. I wrestled him um, WrestleMania weekend two years ago. And I think that's when I was in Jersey. Um, I wrestled him that weekend. Um, when I went to Canada with like Bob Evans, like I, I learned how to travel, be like a, uh, a, a good traveler, what to pack, how to keep it inexpensive for yourself, things like that. So all my moments come from like stuff like that, um, seminars and, and just being in a locker room. So I, I really don't have um too many favorite moments in front of the camera or that's visible to like the public but all my favorite moments come from like stuff that i kind of just put in my tool bag yeah gotta get that tool bag going Mm -hmm. 
Okay. Absolutely. But no, um, like I was saying, you know, just always working with people that are better than you. So that way you always feel that you're learning every time that you step into the ring. Um, I feel like that that's something that you should do whenever you do anything in life. Like every time you do something, like you're always learning, you're always getting better. You're always honing your craft. And yep. that's one of the things that I love about wrestling, because I feel like if you think that you're not learning anything whenever you step into the ring or whenever you come through that curtain, uh, I just feel like you're just always going to be stagnant and you're always going to be stuck in that same spot and uh, you're never going to grow. You have to be somebody that takes criticism, good and bad, and uh, you have to be willing to grow so that way that you can make it in this business. But to, to jump in on that real quick, I, that, that was part of the reason why I left um, the H, actually. So um, I went on a road trip and with uh wasn't it with max us? morrison it wasn't it was, yeah, yeah, yeah 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 it was we went to uh, tennessee yeah yeah we went yeah we went to tennessee um came back we did the show we went there basically we all got beat up um <laughs> I, think, I think i think me and you were the only two black people in town too in town it, for the next three towns over you remember we stopped at that gas station yeah and that lady was like <laughs> and the lady was like <laughs> the lady was like hey we don't we don't sell to you <laughs> actually uh our buddy rock went in there and we all kind of stood outside cause we were all kind of sketched out. That's crazy. And, uh, wow. She looked out the window, she looked out the window and was like, Hey, we don't, we don't sell to your kind. Like Holy. legit. That's Shit. wild. Yeah. That, that, I mean, that's a story for like a, <laughs> another day, like wow. back, get with back. She'll tell you that story. <laughs> but, uh, so I went back, uh, you know what I mean? Cause at that point, um, I, I was kind of drinking the Kool-Aid, so to speak of hey i only need to wrestle here and make this place the best we can make it that kind of which is complete BS. nonsense yep. yeah um and so my goal was to go out on the road learn what the other people were learning bring it back to there teach the guys there right and that was my plan the entire time but at some point uh there and i think bangs would agree like i became like the best person there uh like knowing nothing i was the best person there yeah and I, I, I always wanted to get better. I, I was stopping me from, you know, matching up with this guy. How do I get booked with this guy? So I went to the owner and I was like, Hey, either I'm going to go to these shows and wrestle people better than me, or you need to bring people better than me here. Right. And at that time he was refusing to bring people in for like social media beef or whatever, yeah. the like whatever was going on. It was the same thing as and, my promotion that I was at. Yep, exactly. And so I was like, you know what, forget this. Like, uh, like nobody cares about your career like you do. And, if I want to be at the next level, I need to train with the people at the next level. So that's, that's kind of, that's kind of like the, the parting way that, that was the beginning of the rift between uh, me putting the Kool-Aid cup down and like becoming like who I am now. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's real. D. Oh, yeah, I believe that, because, <laughs> yeah. Cause like, bro, I remember I used to have the same type of situation where it was like, you can only wrestle here. You're not allowed to wrestle anywhere else. If you go anywhere else, you're dead to me. And it's crazy because with that, with that type of mindset, if that means that if I had an opportunity to go wrestle in Japan or go wrestle in Canada, that promoter would be like, no, you're not allowed to go there. You're only allowed to stay here. And it's just like, you're never going to be able to grow if you only stay in the same spot. And it sucks that some people can have that mindset. Um, you know, it's like, I do appreciate, you know, um, the S and the H giving us the opportunity to, you know, get our feet in the door and, you know, learn how to become professional wrestlers. But other than that, um, you know, we had to, we had to be like birds and fly away. We had to get pushed out of the nest. Had to, man. So that way that we could become, 
Benjamin Banks and Dewan O'Neill because originally we weren't Benjamin Banks and we weren't Dewan O'Neill. I, I was D Money and he was the Juggernaut. So the Juggernaut. Uh, yeah, the Juggernaut. Yeah. yeah. So um, you know, it's it's just all about growing and you know becoming becoming who we are meant to be when it comes to uh, you know this wrestling business. So um, let's move a little bit further and talk about your book that you just released. What was the inspiration in you wanting to write a book? Uh, you know, I, I read about it. I read, uh, you know, the description and everything. And, um, you know, just, like what, what gave you the inspiration to do that? Um, so, all right. So the heads up, the show's getting ready to get heavy. Okay. Um, <laughs> so I was, uh, I left for deployment and my wife was pregnant with Dominic. Um, and I was supposed to be back probably two weeks before he was born. Um, nobody saw COVID coming. Um, nobody saw the BLM protest. Nobody saw the murder of George Floyd, anything like that. And there was a point when I got back, I actually got back two weeks after he was born. And there's, there's so much stuff that like, uh, like a father wants to pass to a son or a mother wants to pass to a daughter, mother, you know, parents to children. And I don't believe in the philosophy that there's no roadmap to life, right? There is. Yeah, you can take yeah. what you can take what you succeeded at and what you failed at, and you can use that as as teaching tools for your children. Um, mm -hmm. So I got back in like May, right as everything was starting to heat up um, with the riots, and like it was just seemed yeah. like just one black person gunned down after another. For you know some some arguably uh, you know justified shootings, quote unquote, and others were just senseless. Um, so at that point. I literally felt like the next traffic stop I go on could be my last one or the next time I'm coming out of a store and I fit the description, it could be the last time that I left my house, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and I kind of wanted to leave a roadmap like, to my son. So he, yeah. he knew, he knew that I was here. He knew that he was loved. Um, and, and things, who knows, you know, ne my next chair shot could be my last like sane moment. Right. Like, or, you know, so, at that point I needed to have like all my faculties like in order. And it was kind of a perfect storm because we were in the house. There was no wrestling going on. Um, no appearances, no photo shoots, no anything. So it was kind of just like me and my family. And I took the time to be like, okay, here, here's the things, or here's the kind of person that I wish he would grow up to be. I can't force anything upon him. Like anybody who's read the book will tell you, I never, force religion, spirituality, anything. I'm just like, Hey, you know, by the time you grow up, I hope that you're like this. And I hope that you're like that. And here's what happened to me. And I talk about everything in the book. Um, it, it's raw and it's vulnerable. I talk about, you know, not always being honest with his mom. I talk about, um, stuff where I tried to shortcut the system and I fell short. I talk about all that stuff in the book because, um, I don't want, I don't want to be perfect. Um, uh, I don't want to seem like I was perfect or that I never did anything wrong. I feel like that sets up unfair and unrealistic expectations for him as he grew up. So um, as he was growing up, you know, from, you know, two weeks old up until I think it took me like two or two and a half, maybe three months to like write. Um, I kind of just, as he laid in his swing, I would feed him, lay him back in his swing. And I would just, you know, write like essentially love letters to him. Like, Hey, look, man, like, I love you. Um, here's what I learned today and anything that I learned or I picked up from watching the news or what have you, like, I just put it to paper, man. And, uh, it, it was a compilation of like 20 letters. Um, 
And, and the last letter to him is like a, a thank you because it kind of forced me to be the person that like I, I, I fronted to be for like so long. Whereas, Hey, I can't tell you to, to always be forgiving and accepting. And I didn't practice that, or I can't tell you to execute and not make excuses. And I didn't practice that. So in a way, his birth actually helped me more so than anything. That's why the last letter in there is a thank you to him. Nice, man. Nice. That's, that's very thoughtful, you know, to, you know, be a child and have your father write a book for you. That is a means to help navigate your life. And it's like, I did read some of the reviews on the page and, you know, you, you got nothing but good reviews. So it's definitely a book that I'm going to check out since I'm starting to read more. Oh, bro. Hey, look, you, su- you support your <laughs> friends, man. You support your friends. So yeah, I'm definitely going to get the book. And uh, yeah, hey, we're plugging it here now. Dewan, he is one of our new sponsors. So that's why I wanted to bring him on for this episode. And I hope everybody that is listening and watching this, that you go and support him and purchase his new book. And uh, on that note, Dewan, I just want to say that uh, my, myself, I have two, a uh, son and a daughter. Trav has two daughters. And I think that the message between behind your book is a great message. And I think me over overall, my view as a father is to create a better product. You know, don't let them walk down the same roads that you did and kind of be the guiding light. That is the purpose of a parent. And it's, uh, it's very relatable. Um, I've seen some, some pretty wild stuff too. And it it's fun when the time's right, you know, just, just to kind of unfold those things for them is fun. And just because, you know, you wrote, you know, you wrote this guy, you yeah. wrote him a roadmap and it's fun. I think that's a very fun idea. Yeah. And kudos, man. Yeah. Definitely Thank you. Much props, yeah. Man. You know? yeah. No, I mean, like that's, yeah, that's one of the things, man. Like it's kind of, it's kind of like, uh, yeah, man. Like, you know, they say a smart man learns from experience and a wise man learns from the experience of others. Mm-hmm. So if I can go make the mistakes or what works, then why not, why not pass that along? I feel like um, too many times and especially like the black community, yep. that, 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 that does not happen no. um, for whatever reason, you know, uh, you, you have single parent households and, and things like that. And, and who knows, like, who knows what, what will happen like in my life where, yep. mm-hmm. you know, I may not, I may not always be there, but at least, he'll have something to look to, to being like, Hey, you know what? I, I am loved. I am worth something to somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's huge. I yeah, feel but, like. Yeah. Just oh, given ahead. that. Yeah. No, no, no. Not to cut you off, but just giving them that driving force, I think is, you know, that's the point of it. You know, sometimes you need to have something to turn to when you don't have anything else. And I think it's like a compass. It's, I think it's a good idea, man. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, so like, so again, man, like I, again, I, I feel like, so uh, to kind of lighten the mood, right? Yep. I, I feel like uh, a lot of my spankings or, you know, uh, no, I, I'm a, I'm an 80s baby. I grew up in the 90s. We, we took ass yeah, whippings. Yeah, for sure, for right? sure. So, yep. so, so a lot of my, my butt whippings could have been uh, prevented had someone taken the time to explain something to me, right? Because I said so is not an acceptable answer to any kid, right? Right, yeah. Um, and so, so it's kind of like, I, I I try to explain why something is right. So it's kind of like, Hey, don't touch that stove. Why not? Because I said, don't touch it. Okay. Now you run into the ER. The kid's got a burned hand or don't steal. Why? Because I said, so, you know, who, who knows where that goes? Um, so 
ex- explanation and, and, and transparency, I, I think, mm-hmm. is is important because like the minute that your kid, you know, finds out, you know, about the tooth fairy, about Santa and everything, there's already a level of trust broken, right? Like those right. are white lies. But imagine not explaining anything. And then, you know, you present this perfect image of, of being a parent to them. And then they grow up to find out that it's all a fraud. Right. What happens then? Now they're old enough to make their own decisions. Do they forgive you? Maybe, maybe not. So uh, I, I just, I just took the opportunity, man, to, to, to be raw, to be transparent. Yeah. I, yeah. I think we can all respect that. Oh yeah. No question. Um, so I wanted to bring up because now you are a host on the social disturbancing podcast with uh, Ryan Newsy and Mad Max Morrison, who we've had up here on the Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks podcast. So how does it feel to, you know, pretty much be running your own podcast now? And tell our listeners, like, what is the Social Disturbancing Podcast about? Um, so the Social Disturbancing Podcast, uh, it was Max, Max Morrison's brainchild. He pretty much needed uh, an outlet. He needed to be able to talk to people during, like, quarantine, during COVID. Like, I, you guys are, you know, in the entertainment, like, industry, so to speak. A creative mind is, like, is hard. And, like, mm-hmm. this was the worst thing to happen to an artistic or a creative mind. Yes. Because we're, <laughs> we're always going, like, 100 miles a minute. Like, even you wake up at 1 o'clock in the morning. If you're an artist, you draw something. In, or, right, yep. you know, you, you write something. Or you're, hey, this would be a good idea for this show. So that was his brainchild. And... He kind of he kind of got bored and fell out of it. And Banks, as you know, like I'm the type of person I hold my friends accountable, not to my expectations, but to their own. Right. Um, you know, Banks, you're on this huge weight loss journey. How many times have I been in your inbox? Hey, man, keep going. Yep. What are you doing? Thank you work you out today. I appreciate it. Um, same thing. Same thing with all my other friends across the board, because I, I can't consider myself a, a friend or an ally of yours or a supporter of yours if I don't hold you accountable to your own goals. Um, that 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 makes me just another person taking something from you and not offering anything back. So um, I did. I did the podcast with, with Max. And then, uh, you know, we, we always talked and I'd be like, hey, here's my feedback from this episode. Like, not that you care. Maybe you do. Um, <laughs> I mean, seriously, yeah, and yeah, then, yeah. He's, he's that type of guy, you know, and Ryan and Ryan Newsy and Max wrestled at Eclipse, I think a month ago or so, and they reconnected and Newsy's been out of the scene for like a, a couple minute. years. Yeah. yeah. And I'm coming fresh back from Africa, like deployment, as I already said, and they were like, Hey, let's, let's jump on zoom and see 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 this and that and we kind of created a whole thing like on zoom and social disturbancing the podcast the base of it is the truth um there's there's times on there where like i'll go off the handle i think the on like the other episode like i apologize for like my shortcoming in business dealings from being like burnt out and it's just hardcore like straight truth your feelings about everything like we, we shoot on people in there we um give people the opportunity to come on and air out our, their grievances with us and and it's all about life and society and, and like real stuff and how three men from three walks of life deal with quarantine wrestling there's fun times there's sad times there's hard times it's just it's just the truth yeah so instead of instead of like social distancing we're going to bring you together by disturbing what you deem to be perfect nice and yeah, that's yeah. interesting and uh just to let everybody know i was uh the first guest on the first episode I surprised them. Nice. I walked up in the room with the Jason mask on. 
they didn't even that he did they didn't even know that i was at max's house like i just came into the room and they was just like who is that and max was like this is like the mass singer y'all have to figure out who it is <laughs> <laughs> and so i started doing the money shuffle and then i put my pinky up there was like that's banks and yeah it was it was cool man it was cool and you know before we go ahead and wrap this thing up uh i wanted you to tell the story that you had told everybody on social disturbance and on uh how you came to know who d money was all right so <laughs> so so d so again i came around on the scene around like 2016-ish. And I think Banks, correct me if I'm wrong, this is around the time that you had just switched to Banks. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just right? became Banks. Yep. So, you know, I'm, 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 I'm trying to learn how to throw my first punch in professional wrestling. And the Jordy Bulldogs were in the training facility that evening, and they were talking about uh, a show at New, right? And uh, Next Evolution Wrestling, Elizabeth City, um, salute. They, uh, they were talking about, yeah, and then, you know, Banks came up and he was saying, you know, D-Money, you know, D is this and D is that. At the same time, I had just seen a flyer for Dirty Money out of, like, the <laughs> MCW Maryland area, right? So I'm like, D-Money, Dirty Money, and, they, and they're bouncing forth between the nickname Banks and, and D-Money. I'm just like, it's the same guy, and I'm just like, <laughs> I'm like, this is the same guy. And then, so I saw, I saw a picture of Banks. Right, but it's not the picture that was on the flyer, and like, and like my my initial reaction was, what what the f happened to this guy? Like, because because if you know Dirty, Dirty's a Dirty is a is a Zumba instructor, right? Like, yeah, yeah. He's ripped, like muscular, yeah. right, and, and, and light skin. Let's not leave that out. Yeah, because right? you forgot that last time. <laughs> so, I think it was a VCW show that it happened. And I was like, what, what, what the hell happened to this guy? Like, this guy was like this and like that. And, you know, at the time, you know, you, hey, go in the locker room. Don't say nothing to anybody. Of course. And I'm like, I'm like, dirty, dirty money, D money. It's got to be the same guy. But I'm legit looking at, like, pictures, right? Like, <laughs> all right, they got the same nose. They got the same nose. All right, cool. He had a mohawk here. This is two weeks later. So I was confused for, like, like the whole time. And then uh, I, I saw... I went to an SBW show because I think they were trying to run some kind of invasion angle or something. Yeah. And, and they're like, Benjamin Banks. And I was like, okay. And then it wasn't that I found out, like, you know, your name and that you started training under D-Money that, like, I could differentiate the two. But for, like, dude, I think it was, like, three, three weeks to a month that I was actually <laughs> confused. And I was like, when I see him, I'm going to ask him what the hell happened. Because... <laughs> <laughs> because Somebody saying is so sad. This man. Nah, he, no, what bro. I, he thought it was like uh, he thought it was like the clumps. That's what he thought it was like. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! And, 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 and it's it is when he told this story. Like that, I'm glad I'm glad that he included the light skin part because I was just like I was like jugs. Like we're two different shades of black. Like like <laughs> like what did he fact? Did, did what did he just uh just tan tan himself to get to my complexion? So. It was funny when he told his story and he said that at one of the VCW shows, Dirty Money and me, we were wrestling. And he was just like, what? So what are they? How? Like, how? Like, is he, is he wrestling <laughs> himself? <laughs> like, how? 
and it was just a funny story. And I told him, I was just like, that is some nutty professor stuff right there. Though, yeah, bro. I was just like, bro, you have to, you have to tell this story so that way people can hear it. And just to let everybody know, I have wrestled Dirty Money before, and it was, it was very fun. Um, if you are in the wrestling business and you want to wrestle Dirty Money, try to wrestle Dirty Money because you're gonna have a blast. And uh, yeah, listen, I. Real quick, I thought I thought that you were on some Arsenio Hall in the barber shop from coming yeah. to America. Right? <laughs> and, and 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 here's the thing, right? Like I'm known for having like ribs pulled on me, right? Yes, because yes, like I've I'm, done it to you before. I, I'm, I, so I'm on the autistic spectrum, right? So like I I don't always understand sarcasm, right? So so it's it's easy to happen, like and it's all in good fun, what have you, right? So and nobody let me in on this. They were just like. Yeah, man, the guy just thinks this, man, you know, and so I was like, okay, cool. So when D-Money, who I knew to be D-Money and Dirty, we're going to wrestle each other at BCW, I'm going to see this. I want to see how they pull this off because it's, it's not it's not TV. You know what I'm saying? So if I'm looking at it, you can't fool me. And that's that's when the big unveil came. There were no green screens. No green screens. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> that's that funny. Amazing. Well, that's a funny story. Well, I mean, Trav can tell you, um, I like I was trolling somebody because I have I have my personal Facebook page and then I had the Benjamin Banks Facebook page. And yeah, the dude, he was he was friends with Benjamin Banks, but he hated he hated me on my personal page. So I told him I was just like, oh yeah, that's just my twin brother. Like he's very stern. Like he pisses me yeah. off sometimes. <laughs> and like this, this dude, dude took it. He was arguing back between the two profiles <laughs> in the comments. Like he had this dude. Oh yeah, going, going. And I that's guess he finally, funny. I guess he finally realized that we were the same well, person. Then did he message you to talk to talk about your brother? Yeah, he he messaged he's me like, to I can't talk stand crap your brother. About he's ruining the he's ruining the group. <laughs> And I was just like, I'll talk to him, man. I'll, I'll talk I'll, to him. I'll fix. But <laughs> like, yeah, man. Hey, good story, Dewan. And um, and on that note, we're gonna go ahead and wrap up this episode. Dewan, thank you again for joining us up here on a new episode of Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks, uh, the first episode for Black History Month. And uh, before we let you go, tell everybody in social media land where they can find Mr. Dewan O'Neill at. First off, thank you guys for having me. This conversation was a blast. You're welcome. Um, on Twitter, Dewan O'Neill, 2-2-N, just like second to none, Dewan O'Neill, 2-2-N. On Instagram, Dewan O'Neill, the number one. Facebook, Dewan O'Neill. YouTube, Becoming Second to None, the vlogs, they come out every Thursday. The Social Disturbancing podcast is released every Wednesday, and as well as a live stream on Twitch, Social Disturbancing, um, which... It, it should be called beer with the boys because we all just sit around, you know, have a couple of for real. Let her let let her rip for real. Um, for real. And of course, pick up the book, Dear Dominic, available on Amazon as we speak. Well, Dewan, again, thank you for joining us. And like I say, yeah, we appreciate week, it. Everybody, keep Thanks your pinkies joining, up, man. and uh, we'll see you on the next video. Peace. Peace. What a great episode. Dewan was awesome. I'm glad we were able to bring him on. Um, I don't know what else to say other than he's awesome. He's a good guy. You know, I, I appreciate everything that he's done for our country and whatnot. I appreciate him as a wrestler in the ring and I appreciate him as a human being. Um, I'm actually upset with myself for not thanking him for his service. 
Uh, oh, dude, you're that. right. So you just brought it up. And don't, now don't I just feel, feel like, like it, man. Oh, you can oh. always message him and, and tell him thank you for his service and everything that he's done for the country, man. Yeah, I just always make it a point to, you know, when I run across people. Yeah, like it that. makes sense. No, Trav, I, I wanted to get to that, actually. We'll have to, we'll be sure to reach out to him. Yeah, hey, and he wants to come back on in the future. So whatever we talk about in the future, you can say it to him then as well. If you don't want to mess oh, well, with him. I'll say, I'll say it to him when I join his podcast to talk about you. Oh, okay. Well, hopefully when you join the podcast, it'll be nothing but good and great things. And, uh, you know. What else would it be? Okay. I appreciate it. I mean, well, the way that you sound right now, it doesn't sound like it's going to be good and great things. So that's. Don't worry about it. Right. Oh, okay. <laughs> You sound real evil right now. Right, don't worry, don't worry about it. Like cut your brakes or something. Don't worry. Golly. Look, man, look. I just wanted you to follow my lead. That's all that I needed you to do, Trav. Oh, here we go. Follow his lead. I'm, hey, I'm David follow Ruffin, and y'all are the Temptations. Always remember that. So, thank you everybody for listening to this brand new episode. Like Trav said in the intro, we got some pretty good guests coming on this month, and uh, yeah. We hope that you stay tuned and check out every new episode. And with that being said, D, tell them where they can find you at in social media land. That's going to be rebellious double underscore D23 at Instagram.com. Trav? That's right. And you know you can find Trav at ZK Audio on the Instagram. And if you're feeling courageous, you can come hop on the sticks and find me on PS4 at T-R-A-V-I-O-S-Z-K. And you can find me, your hero, Benjamin Banks, at KingBenji underscore Banks on Twitter and Instagram. And you can find me on Facebook by typing in Benjamin Banks. I should be the first person to pop up. If not, then I need to contact Mr. Zuckerberg. Make sure that you follow all the Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks social media accounts at Leveling Up Banks. That's on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And if you're feeling generous and would love to donate to your boys, donate to at Leveling Up Banks on Patreon. With that being said, thank you everybody for listening to this new episode. And also make sure that you check out our YouTube channel where we recently just got 100 subscribers and then some. And uh, we're going to constantly keep on putting out new content for everybody to watch. And uh, guys, I just want to say I'm proud of y'all for uh, being a part of the team and helping the YouTube channel grow. So Pinky's up to you guys. That's right, man. I'm, I'm proud of y'all oh, too, yeah. man. Thank you. All that work. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank yeah. you. No question. I'm, I'm glad people are listening and watching. And with that being said, happy Black History Month, and we'll see you next week. Peace.